NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Briscoe is shoving Keslowski. Blaney is shoving Sindrick. Blaney is shoving harder. Halfway down the back straightaway. Austin Sindrick now will lead by half a car length off the end of the back straightaway. Austin Sindrick leads into turn three for the final time with a big shove from teammate Ryan Blaney. Here comes Brad Keslowski topside, but it's the rookie that leads off four. A whole bunch of Fords at the front of the field, and here they come. Sindrick trying. Trying to squeeze Blaney into the fence. And at age 23, Austin Sindrick has scored the Daytona 500 win. Oh, it's amazing. I think it's the only one you can be confident you can re-gift. It's, uh, it's an amazing achievement you know, for me just to just to think I'm the Daytona 500 winner. I, I would have never dreamed it. And, um, and, and with a group of, of people like this, people that believed in me for through thick and thin and um, really believed in my development. And, oh, my God, I am pumped. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. After we have thrown the green flag on the 2022 NASCAR racing season, we're so happy about it. We sure you are as well. And that season opener was the Daytona 500 on Sunday. We will talk to the champion of the great American race, Austin Sindrick. Also, his crew chief, Jeremy Bullens, will join us as well. Speaking of Daytona winners, Zane Smith will stop by on the heels of winning Friday night's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series season opener. Plus, coming up, we're going to look forward to our return to the Auto Club Speedway this weekend. We're going to explore the history of the track and how it's played a big part in several drivers' careers. Plus, we'll preview our return to Fontana after a two-year hiatus. But first, it was a thrilling Daytona 500 that was packed with lots of action. Let's give you a NASCAR Live backtracks of the great American race. Daytona, are you ready? Drivers, start your engine! I think you can tell by the roar of the crowd, everybody is ready here in Daytona. The engines come to life, 40 and all, inbound, the Thunderbirds, Starburst, right over top of the broadcast booth. I think that was the real fire in the hole. That ain't no lie. Took the entire grandstand. 
every time you come down here, it's something special. So let's go out there and uh, have some fun today. Green flag goes in the air, and Kyle Larson from the outside lane crosses the start-finish line. He'll go to driver's left, fall in line at the bottom of the racetrack to begin to lead the field to turn one. Still one back, 48 in line with you. 17 still third back up top. Don't get out too far here. You're doing good. Still one back in line with you. Change at the start-finish line. Kyle Busch by a fender on the inside lane leads in the turn number one. You are clear. One off. Tight on him. One off in quarters. Three-quarter, quarter. Harrison Burton up and over. He'll flip that Wood Brothers Ford Mustang. He's rolling, guys. I'll let you know if he starts getting that way. Trying to roll at least. Yeah, you can't push to the right, Brad. I know. I know. Is it going anywhere? Just spin the tires. Shield. That's win. Christopher Bell is involved. William Byron involved. Kyle Bush gets a piece of the action. They came across my nose, took the right front, uh, spun me to the bottom, and I just went for some swirly news. Uh, everything fine past that. Just need some tires here. Also, one other car down to the inside of the racetrack. It's Ross Chastain. Alex Bowman all get collected out of turn number two. Barely hit nothing, but it blew all four tires, and it won't move. Don't stay in it. Leave your net up. It's just sitting here on all four rub blocks. Can't move. Yeah, it's far. We're trying to... I, I don't know if they're just going to be able to push us or what. You've got Austin Sendrick, who has done so much for others, leading the field back to turn number one. He has been a very willing and a very capable bridesmaid so far today, pushing others to the point, most notably Brad Keselowski. But now it may be Austin Sendrick's turn to shine. He's nose to nose with Bubba Wallace for the lead. Even your mayor, your help's going to be closer. Your help's closer. 12.43, all lined up tight behind you here. It's a big push. Comes Bubba Wallace in fifth, gets in the Blaney who gets into Cindric that advances the inside lane. You're going to be the one to make the move here. Half to him. They're ready when you are. Here they come. Still half. They're waiting on you. First forward help is going to be second. Six cars up to you. Twelve says make the move. Austin Cindric, the race leader, off of turn number four. Green-white checker to end the Daytona 500 if we stay under the green flag. Up front, Cindric and Blaney, row one. Bubba and Brad, row two. Green is out. Cindric is gone. Brad Keselowski will follow, but Cindric will pull down right in front of his teammate, Ryan Blaney. A perfect restart for the freshman campaigner. Austin Cindric has the lead. The battle is for second. Blaney's quarter off you. Here comes his help. It's going to be a big push from the 23. Blaney's getting a push now. Both lanes getting a push. Here comes Blaney. Big push outside. Austin Cindric leads into turn three for the final time with a big shove from teammate Ryan Blaney. Here comes Brad Keselowski topside, but it's the rookie that leads off four. A whole bunch of Fords at the front of the field, and here they come. Cindric trying to squeeze Blaney into the fence, and at age 23, Austin Cindric has scored the Daytona 500 win. They crash further down after they cross the start-finish line. Inside, 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 checker. Yes. Coming up, Daytona 500 champion Austin Cedric will join us, as well as NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Daytona winner Zane Smith. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. 
From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Sunday was a huge day for Austin Sendrick. He starts his 2022 Sunoco Rookie of the Year campaign with a win in the sport's biggest race, driving the iconic number two car for Roger Penske into Ruhoff Mortgage Victory Lane. Arkham Kuhn sat down with the latest addition to the Daytona 500 Winners Club. All right. How does it feel? Your name, Austin Sendrick, Daytona 500 champion. Well, I can't tell you it wouldn't sound good. So it's uh, it's obviously a dream come true. Still still hard to believe for me, you know, a day after. I can't say it's, it's necessarily set in. I think the only thing that's set in is my, my fingers gotten really swollen from wearing this big-ass ring. So that fits a little bit better now. <laughs> But otherwise, uh, yeah, pretty incredible day. Have you thought about where the trophy's going? Harley J. Earl trophy. Uh, well, last night I slept with it. <laughs> in the Airstream? No, no, not in the Airstream. The Airstream packed up and left yesterday. But, uh, but yeah, they, they, they did get me a hotel room last night. And, um, yeah, I slept, slept with the Harley J. Earl. And um, they have this massive carrying case that goes with it. And uh, as far as I know, it's all mine. Typically, the Daytona 500 winner says, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe I got a text from so-and-so or a call from this person. For you, what was that text or that call? Uh, I, I have gone through all of them. I would say probably one of the cooler, like getting a tweet from Mario Andretti was was, was really cool. And um, I know I discussed that in the media center um, yesterday. But just to hear from a lot of people and a lot of people that have, that have helped me throughout my career. And um, there's a lot of people I haven't heard from in a really long time. Um, but uh, even even like my buddies from high school growing up, um, just how engaged everybody is into that race. And uh, obviously it's, it's a really big deal and um, definitely good to get perspective on that. There's never been a rookie in the two car. Prior to last night, the two car had never won the Daytona 500. Now you're sitting here, a winner of the Daytona 500 as a rookie in the two car. Have you had time to think about what that means for the history books and what does being in the history books mean to you? Well, I think it's it, it goes a lot further than me. You know, there's a lot of people at, at Team Penske that, you know, have worked on that two car for a very, very long time. You know, it's it's obviously been generations of, of, of our race team and um, people who have showed up to Daytona and Speed Weeks and have wanted to win this race so bad. And um, for me to be able to deliver that for the race team is 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 a dream come true. To do it on Rogers' birthday is, is, is obviously awesome. Um, so uh, I'm glad I can do my part. Part, um, and uh, obviously start a new chapter in this race car. What did Roger say to you after the race? I just gave him a big old hug and said, happy birthday. <laughs> you were giving everybody hugs, and, and I loved it because we could see your excitement. Obviously, it's a big race, but it's also your first Cup Series win. For you, how would you sum up the emotion? Um, it's, it's just gratifying. I mean, you, you put in a lot of work to, to get to this level, let alone um, to win at the cup level, but have your first win the Daytona 500. Um, I mean, I, I, it's one of those things that you know is possible, but um, you kind of don't believe it until it happens. And um, it's happened, and I still probably don't believe it. But, you know, that's it's what happens when you surround yourself with great people and able to apply the resources that we have in, in, in the way that we do. And um, I'm just really excited for, for what's next. You know, it, it does lock 
us into the playoffs. It does get us into the all-star race and two things that I didn't have when I walked in on, on Saturday or on Sunday morning. But, um, you know, th- that those two things really help us. We're leading the points. <laughs> Who'd have thought that? But, yeah, it, it definitely sets up our season to where we can be patient and aggressive at the same time as far as through my learning process. You know, there's still going to be highs and lows of a rookie season. And um, I, I think being able to be able to soak that in the best we can definitely helps set us up for the playoffs. A lot of times in the Daytona 500, the winner only leads the last lap. But you, you led throughout the race. At what point did you realize you had a car that could win the Daytona 500? And then also, you learned very fast in terms of the drafting in the cup car on this speedway. How were you able to acclimate so quickly? Well, I think you just have to be open-minded and adaptable, and that's something I, I try and pride myself with, and, and something I knew was going to be very critical for for the race on Sunday. You know, Thursday was really the only opportunity for us to see in a in a in a larger pack what these cars would do in a draft. And uh, obviously, we had a pretty strong duel finishing second. Um, I felt like in practice, uh, I started you know in the Friday Saturday practice, I started taking a little bit of pride in my car. It's one of those things like, all right, we, this is my Daytona 500 car. I'm we're, we got some speed, like I'm gonna not rev this thing all the way out. I'm going to take care of it on the shifts and um it's it's one of those things that um, I don't I don't think you can you can count yourself out. But um, once once I knew I had track position, really after the end of stage three, I knew I had a shot as long as I didn't get shocked out. So um, had some really good Ford help throughout the race. Um, really fun working with Ryan and Brad a lot of the race and um, understanding what it took to control lanes. And I think that really paid off for me at the end. You obviously owe a lot to Ryan Blaney, and uh, you thanked him. What was the conversation like between the two of you after the race? Yeah, I mean, I think I think really over the last couple of years, Ryan has really proven himself to be a, a great team player. And, um, you know, I, I I was really honestly surprised he wanted to do a teammate restart at the end of the race. And um, in hindsight, I would also say that it was probably in his best interest to do it as well, you know, giving himself a shot to be close to leader at the end. Um, but once you're coming off a of turn four in the white flag lap, Daytona 500, I can tell you every single person behind me wanted to win that race. So, um, you know, I, I, think, I think he did his part. And he also put himself in probably the best position possible to try and win the race so um, as a teammate that's all I can ask for and um, you know from, from his standpoint I would say he gave himself a shot and that's all you can ask for some days. There was this notion when you were coming up through the ranks that you were only a road course racer and you I would say very quickly disproved that and and now you're in the cup series and you're still disproving that is that something that people labeled you as or did you get to a place where you know before you won on something other than a road course that you kind of started to believe well it wasn't until i won pocono last year that i won on every shape of racetrack i, I got i got circles road courses and triangles now so <laughs> all the shapes. yeah all the shapes uh so for for me it's it's kind of just been noise but if if you're uh i guess if your biggest downfall as a driver is that you're successful at something then I, I'm, I'm not sure what to complain about so uh otherwise yeah it's 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 certainly par for the course but um you know everyone tries to take something away from you but uh for, for me it's it's definitely been part of the process and part of learning this style of racing for me over the last you know five or six years and um definitely gratifying you know to, i mean i've got probably more wins on ovals now than road courses for sure but um we also race on a lot of ovals so you got to be good at those to be good in the sport because your family has uh, such a deep history in racing have you felt over the years that you've had to work harder to prove yourself? 
And now that you're a Daytona 500 champion, do you feel like you're at a place where you don't have to work hard to prove yourself anymore? No, I mean, working hard is what's gotten me here. So uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm pretty internally motivated and I'm, I'm not very externally intimidated. So uh, as far as, you know, what those challenges are and might be, um, you know, I have, to, I have to look into myself before anything else. Uh, so uh, like I said, that, that's what's gotten me this far. And um, I, I know there's still a pretty long road ahead, pretty big mountain to climb to get where I want to be as far as being in this position every weekend at every type of racetrack, every 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 Sunday. So um, I know I've got still still plenty of work to do. And, um, you know, with this new car, I think that's that's what it's going to take, especially throughout the beginning of the year is, is, is to be open minded, to be adaptable, to really apply yourself. So um, looking forward to getting back to work. I'll, I'll enjoy this for a few days, but <laughs> definitely looking forward to getting back to work and trying to do it again. After the one last night, you said we're in the playoffs. That's one good box checked. What's the next good box you want to check? That's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd say I'd say playoff points are, are, are pretty big from from here on out. To you know, I, I think everyone's going to have to win a race to get into the playoffs this year. Whether whether that's with the car. I mean, you look at last season, and you could say there's a larger disparity in the cars, and, and, and this year there isn't. So um, looking looking forward to seeing seeing how that plays out. Um, but but otherwise, yeah, playoff points are everything, and um, trying to be able to figure out how to position ourselves uh, for the postseason. Austin Cindric is the 41st winner of the Daytona 500. Thank you, Kim. What a way to start the year off for that young man and that entire two-team. Coming up, Austin's crew chief, Jeremy Bullen, stops by. Plus, we'll chat with Zane Smith after his big Daytona win Friday night. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. After making it to the championship four at Phoenix last season in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Zane Smith started 2022 off right. He led only three laps en route to his first super speedway win. Chris Wilner had the chance to talk with the California native. The winner of the next era Energy 250 at Daytona, Zane Smith. Zane, congratulations. It's now been a few days since your truck series win. Uh, what are the emotions and what's it been like these, the last 72 hours or so? Yeah, it's been fun. Not quite as fun as Friday night, but we've gotten to celebrate. It was really cool to enjoy that with my team uh, and obviously some of the fans and, and then feel at Daytona. Winning at Daytona, you know, you talk about the drivers who have done it in all three of NASCAR series. It just, it hits different, right? It, it, it feels different. It's the history. What does it mean to you personally to add your name to the list of winners at such an iconic venue? Yeah, obviously winning anything at Daytona, whether it's a go-kart, motorcycle, or winning the Daytona 500, or obviously the Daytona truck race, it's super cool. Um, it's something to you could always have on your resume that the people are going to look at. 
there's just so much hype behind winning Daytona and it's so hard to win there in anything. There's just so many variables that come into play that is so easy to strip you from a win there. So I feel like that's that's why all the hype is there. Uh, I, I feel like I've had three or four years of racing there and, uh, and I finally got one. So uh, I at first wasn't a, a huge super speedway fan, uh, but I feel like that's what kind of convinced me to work on it and, and make myself like it and luckily it paid off. It didn't come easy. Certainly nothing comes easy at Daytona. You're leading there coming to the what is the original white flag when all of a sudden we have melee behind you, a 17-truck pileup. What's going through your mind? You probably are thinking, I was literally this close to just sealing it then and there. Now I got to worry about a restart. Yeah, that was, I feel like, as close as you could get. Uh, the first white caution, whatever you want to call it, um, because I didn't know or understand the rule and never been in that position where I thought it was if the white flag is out, then then it's over and you cross the line. But I guess it's off of a, a timing deal. So I knew it was going to be close. Whoever was hitting the button must have I, pretty impressive uh, reaction time he's got. But <laughs> it, was, it was fun uh, to win it the right way and, and go back green and, and capitalize on that. I feel like that that kind of shows a lot of people what our team is capable of. Uh, and so, yeah, just just happy. I'm still looking at the trophy here, and it wasn't stripped for me. And there's uh, somebody I know that uh, may expect a care package or a thank you gift at some point, Parker Kligerman. What was it like just to have that push be really the, the one that sealed the deal? Are you going to send him anything? I mean, I don't think Parker's a nice guy. I don't think he's going to be expecting anything, but, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a gift card or something. Yeah, I uh, I went on Amazon yesterday and he has some push pops headed his way. So <laughs> I text Regan Smith and I, uh, I tracked down his address and and yeah, he's, he's got some candy headed his way. How fitting. That's awesome. Um, last year, right? One of the, you know, you, you're a guy who can win in the moment you need to. You won at Martinsville to punch your ticket to the playoff four and, and end up finishing second in the championship. You win right out of the gate here at Daytona. Is your is the weight lifted for 2022, knowing now that you could be a little bit more aggressive? You don't have to worry about just trying to make it, you know, to get into the playoffs. Yeah, it's a huge, huge weight off of my shoulders and my team's shoulders is the main thing and what's super cool is we get to go into these next races having fun not worrying about man we need to get ourselves in the playoffs we get to go race for stage wins and, and go ultimately race for race wins and position ourselves for that final stage and that's huge in any series but uh, especially in the trucks where dirty air is so critical but there's still a lot more to go get there's a lot of execution still still needed just that we're going to be positioned right means the execution is that more valuable and so uh yeah like i said we have uh, a lot more to go get and a, a lot of time before the playoffs but huge weight off of our shoulders just a, a huge thank you to everyone at the front row it's so dang cool when the hard work pays off and it's still a learning process too, having been you know now on a new team coming from GMS to front row. So what's that transition been like? Obviously, you guys have started off on the right foot, but it's still a growing process as you kind of go through each and every week. Yeah, I mean, someone asked me that yesterday during your interview is how it's been. I said, I don't know if it could be going any better at this time, but uh, I feel like 
we've we've been clicking really well. Chris and I are so far it seems we're on the same page often. Um, we're both pretty calm, which which I like, and I feel like it's just going to be a fun year. And once you have this momentum that we have, there the sky's the limit. And I swear, it's the first one is is so hard to get, and um, and so we we already got that. We got that the best time of year. So um, just ready to keep going and ready to keep riding this wave. It's a long season, but if you look at, you know, your history in, in motorsports, especially beginning with ARCA, you know, now through the truck series, there's been a lot of second places, second place twice in the championship, second place in ARCA in 2018. Are we going to finally get over that hump? Do you think 2022 uh, is maybe going to be the year we can we can add a championship winning uh, title to your resume? I hope so. It's um, it's so hard to get to Phoenix. Just getting to Phoenix is a championship of its own. And so uh, this year it would be tougher with uh, now I, I want to say it's uh, Bristol, uh, Talladega, and uh, Homestead. And yeah. so we didn't go to Homestead last year and I only have a couple laps there. So I'd like to be locked in before. That's where I think a lot of stage wins are going to be critical, but it's it's so hard to, to tell. We need to just do our jobs at Phoenix. And I feel like uh, last year I, I did everything I, I could have done right. And we just didn't have enough long run truck. And so um, I could only hold them off for so long. But we're, we're just going to have fun this year and, and see where it takes us. And, and hopefully third time's a charm for me. We get a week off before we go to Vegas. You're traditionally really good on the mile and a half. So how confident now, maybe versus just getting a top 10 at Daytona, are you going into a track like Vegas and the rest of the schedule? Because now is, is when we really get into the meat of things. So, I mean, I'm sure you guys are, are firing off on all cylinders. But for you as a driver, what excites you most about just getting to Vegas? You probably don't want it to be two weeks from now. You probably want it to be this weekend. Yeah, I wish we were racing every weekend if we're going to talk about that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to get down to Vegas. That one, luckily we get to go there twice because that one is at the top of my list of where I want to win. That's just basically my home track. Uh, I, I raced right outside that place, the Bullring, every single weekend, pretty much. And so I want to win there bad. A uh, thing that's at the top of my list right now is... I have won it, I think, every other single kind of mile track, but never a mile and a half. So um, I, I need to check that box and uh, hopefully sooner than later. Thank you, Chris. Coming up, Daytona 500 winning crew chief Jeremy Bullins will stop by and later we'll give the history of Auto Club Speedway. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. 2022 marks nine years that Jeremy Bullins has been a crew chief in the NASCAR Cup Series. And Sunday, he won the series' biggest prize. Kim Kuhn talked with him after a night of celebrating. Right. Jeremy, Daytona 500 winning crew chief. Has it all sunk in? 
Uh, it's starting to. You know, it's uh, what, what, a, what a great experience. I mean, that's so much fun. Um, happy for Austin. Happy for everybody at Team Penske. I've uh, been trying to win this one for a while, so really happy to get the two-car in victory lane. I didn't realize until this morning the two-car never won in 500, so that's pretty cool as well. Thinking about kind of your tenure at Penske, you, you've shuffled through a couple of different drivers, and now you land on Austin Sendrick. He's a rookie. In your mind, starting the race yesterday, did you think it was even a possibility ending up in victory lane? I did. I, I think the 150s gave us a lot of confidence. I think Austin did a really good job and drove a smart race and put himself in position at the end of the 150s. And I knew our car was really good if we could just stay out of trouble all day. And, and again, he was smart doing that all day and, and put us in that spot at the end. And, you know, had a great teammate with Blaney up there. And, um, you know, just it all worked out. Let's see the hardware. You've got the Daytona 500 ring. How heavy is it? It's okay. I wear it. Doesn't, if it if it weighed ten more pounds, I'd still wear it. And it's uh, it's pretty awesome. How much sleep did you guys get last night? Um, not enough, but it's okay. We'll catch up later. And what are the celebrations going to be like when you get back to North Carolina? Or do you have to, you know, hit the ground running getting ready for Auto Club? Because we haven't been there in two years. We have this new car. Yeah, I was actually, uh, you know, after tech last night, I was on the phone with our Tim Teal, our shop foreman, trying to get a plan together for today to get a little help for our guys to on the car till we get back and, and get to work on it. But um, one of the coolest things we do at Team Penske is we have a win toast when we win a race. And so um, I think we're doing that at 3 o'clock this afternoon to celebrate with everybody in the shop. And, and uh, yeah, California car leaves tomorrow night, so back to work. And Who leads the wind toast? Is that you? Do you have to give a speech? Uh, usually, uh, Tim Sendrick will lead it, um, and then you know, like the driver will be up there. I, you know, I might get involved, but um, it's usually like the driver comes in, and, and you know, between him and Tim, and um, a lot of times it's it's a really cool deal. We'll grab somebody from the shop that doesn't necessarily get to go to the track, and and. Uh, let them actually lead the toast a lot of times. So it's, it's a really cool deal to get uh, the guys and girls in the shop involved that put so much effort into making all this happen. And what did Tim and the captain, Roger Penske, tell you last night after you took the checker flag? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, you know, I, there was so many conversations and, and, and so many celebrations. You know, it was pretty awesome for it to be Roger's birthday, and it was just really cool to see um, the excitement of, of, you know, Austin and his dad and, and their hug in Victory Lane. That was pretty cool and um, just an awesome thing to be a part of. When I got to talk to Blaney, he was obviously heartbroken but excited for the team and excited for you because you guys used to work together. What's the balance of, because, you know, you've been on the other side of it getting, you know, near misses and seeing teammates win. What's the balance of being excited for your team when you're not the one? Because I know you've been there before. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because, you you know, you personally invest so much and, and put so much effort and time and sacrifice into trying to win this thing or trying to win any race. And, um, you know, he's done such a good job down here. And Blaney's such a good plate racer. And, you know, we texted back and forth last night for a bit and, and, and he's going to win this thing like there's no doubt in my mind I mean he's but he may be the best teammate a guy could ask for I mean he's been so good not only to Austin yesterday but he's you know when I worked with him he was an awesome teammate to, to Joey and Brad and, and he's just been such a good teammate over the years that like you know the, the karma is going to come around on that one and he's going to get rewarded for sure last night after the race Austin said we made the playoffs one good box checked what does that mean for you and the rest of the timeline of this new car? Because, you know, there's so much to learn, but do you guys have a little bit different 
timeline than other teams knowing that you're all but locked in? Well, you know, I guess like it's I'm a, I'm a very optimistic person, so I was planning on making the playoffs one way or another, but like to get it, you know, knocked out this early is pretty awesome. Um, I think the good thing is for our whole company is it gives us the opportunity to maybe be more aggressive on trying some things and trying to learn and speed that process up about the car. Um, we all still have so much to learn about the car that, you know, it gives us the opportunity to hopefully try some things and, and put us all in a better spot moving forward. Before you got to celebrate, you had to get through overtime. So the caution flag waves. You guys are out front, though. What are you telling Austin in those moments? And as a crew chief, there's not a lot in your control in the closing laps at Daytona. So how did that feel and how much pressure and, and stress were you feeling at the closing laps? You know, honestly, and people probably don't believe this, but, you know, the plate race stuff for me, like once you get past the last fuel window, I mean, we're spectators like everybody else. To your point, like there's not a whole lot we can control. So um, try, try to give him the best information you can. Um, tell, remind him to save fuel in case there's another overtime, all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, really, it's up to him and the spotter at that point. And, and we just try to support him the best we can and sit back and watch and see what happens because there's really nothing you can do. And finally, you've accomplished the Daytona 500 win. You're in the playoffs. Is a championship winning run something that you can actually think about is it something you think is a possibility with this team I think about it every day when I get up so I mean it's uh, that's why we do this so you know is it a long shot with a rookie I'm sure a lot of people think so but um, you know it doesn't mean we're not going to try Thank you, Kim. Coming up, we'll talk Auto Club Speedway and the impact that track has had on several drivers. Plus, later we'll preview the return of racing to Auto Club Speedway. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's been a while since NASCAR has visited Auto Club Speedway. Two years, to be exact. And there's a rich history for drivers there. Several have gotten their first wins on that two-mile speedway. Let's revisit some of the history that Auto Club Speedway has created over the years with our California native, Dan Hubbard. Formerly known as California Speedway, Auto Club Speedway is a low-bank, two-mile D-shaped oval that has hosted a NASCAR race every year since 1997, with the exception of the 2021 race weekend that was canceled due to the pandemic. In the debut race for the track, NASCAR Hall of Famer Jeff Gordon took to checkers. Gordon comes into turn three, rides a nice middle line through the 14-degree banking. It's all Jeff Gordon in the DuPont Chevrolet as he comes off of turn four. Mark Martin has run out of fuel, but Jeff Gordon is going to go the distance. He comes to the start-finish line and Jeff Gordon will win the California 500 by Napa. Gordon scoring his seventh win in 1997. Throughout the years, many Cub drivers have found victory lane, but Kyle Busch has by far been the most successful driver across all three series when it comes to Fontana. Busch has four Cup Series wins at Auto Club, including his first Cup career victory in 2005. It's a one-man band. Out of turn number two for the final time, Kyle Busch Bush looking to become the California kid as he races to the back straightaway. This will erase the disappointment of Michigan just a few weeks ago. The young man from Las Vegas will be the big winner here in California. Kyle Bush takes the Kellogg Chevrolet to the low line of turn three and four and looks for the checkered flag. 
runner-up finish earlier this year at Las Vegas, also at Dover. But tonight, he's going to be the man. Kyle Busch off the turn four, the Kellogg Chevrolet. He is the winner of the Sony HD 500 at California. He's also won six times in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the last time coming in 2013. And Kyle will do what everybody expected him to do today. He'll pick up the victory for the ninth time for Joe Gibbs Racing and score his ninth win at Auto Club Speedway today in the Royal Purple 300. Kyle Busch has also won two times in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series here. So that makes for a total of 12 Auto Club wins across all three national series for the Las Vegas native. The only other cup driver to eclipse Kyle Busch's cup record at Fontana is Jimmy Johnson. The seven-time champion took home the winner's trophy six times from Auto Club Speedway, a track located less than two hours away from his home in El Cajon, California. Into turn number three, the Superman colors with Jimmy Johnson at the front of the field. The California driver who's done so well over the years at Auto Club Speedway is going to do it again. Jimmy Johnson with a five-car length lead comes back to the line for the sixth time. He will win at Auto Club Speedway in the Auto Club 400. A quick scan of other Cup Series winners at Auto Club include Kevin Harvick in 2011. They are nose-to-tail, bumper-to-bumper, into turn three for the final time. Jimmy Johnson taking Kevin Harvick up high. That's okay. He's comfortable up there. And they are side-by-side off turn four. This one will be decided on the front stretch. Here comes Kevin Harvick, rim-riding off turn number four, dives across the nose of Jimmy Johnson, and Kevin Harvick has won at the Auto Club Speedway, beating Jimmy Johnson by just a half a car length. Kurt Busch got the checkers in 2003. Mark Martin down on the infield grass as his teammate Kurt Busch comes pouring off turn four. He's going to win the Auto Club 500. Brad Keselowski is a former winner, and so is the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion and California native Kyle Larson. Martin Truex has also been to victory lane here, and most recently, it was Alex Bowman in 2020. And a dominant weekend for Alex Bowman. So fast on Friday in practice. Won the opening stage here this afternoon. Dominating the final laps here today. Alex Bowman leads into turn three for the final time. Clean racetrack out the front of the race car. Here comes Tucson, Arizona's Alex Bowman up off turn number four. He'll look to the starter stand. Checkered flag in the air, and Alex Bowman has won the Auto Club 400 at the Auto Club Speedway of Southern California. So what does the future hold for Auto Club? That is still to be determined, as the track is rumored to be set for some changes before the NASCAR Cup Series returns in 2023. A proposed plan suggests that Auto Club is set for a massive reconfiguration that will transform the two-mile track into a short track, mirroring the features found at Bristol and at Martinsville. Will this be the final race of the current configuration? We'll have to see what unfolds following this weekend's race at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana. Thank you, Dan. Coming up, we'll hear from drivers as they talk about the return of NASCAR to Auto Club Speedway. And later, we have the return of this week in NASCAR history. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It may seem like after a chaotic Daytona 500 that going to another track would be easy, but that's not the case because Auto Club Speedway has its unique set of challenges. That two-miler is wide, it's fast, it's aging, and it always leads to some very exciting racing. Drivers told us what they're expecting ahead of the return to Auto Club. It's finally happening, and it's happening with the next-gen race car. Kurt Becker leads us through. Speed Weeks in Daytona is over as the NASCAR Cup Series shifts its attention back to the Golden State. After taking a year off due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Cup Series returns to Auto Club Speedway this weekend in Fontana, California. After three weeks of finishing in the second spot, he's looking to improve on that by one here this afternoon in California. He's the race leader by eight car lengths into turn number three for the final time. Here comes Kyle Larson now working off turn number four. He will see the checkered flag waving at the start-finish line, and win number two in his career will come in his home state. Kyle Larson across the line. He will score the victory in the Auto Club 400. For California native and reigning NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle Larson, racing at Auto Club Speedway represents a homecoming of sorts, and it's a track which he enjoys. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I like that place a lot. It's you know, We don't get to go to too many wore-out tracks these days, so... I enjoy it. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see kind of how these cars handle there. But uh, either way, it'll be a lot of fun and, and cool to get back out there on the West Coast in front of you know, Southern California fans who are really passionate. Uh, I feel like the infield there is is very underrated, too. So, um yeah, it'd just be fun to get to spend time with fans out there. The Auto Club layout is set for changes following the upcoming race. A planned reconstruction of the two-mile track will get underway after the conclusion of this weekend's activities. A milestone win on a track where he scored his very first cup victory. Here comes Kyle Busch off turn number four, looking for the checkered flag, and he'll get it. And Kyle Busch has won here at the Auto Club Speedway, winning the Auto Club 400 and National win number 200. One driver who might be disappointed to see those changes take shape is Kyle Busch, a four-time Cup Series winner at the track and a 12-time winner overall across NASCAR's top three series at Fontana. Busch earned his first Cup Series victory as well as his 200th overall NASCAR win at this track. Busch will always and forever be a fan of the current configuration. The two-mile speedway, I I enjoy the two-mile track. I I love going out to California. It's a driver's track. It's aged over time. I mean, that place hasn't been the surface has been ground but it hasn't been paved since it was made i think back in 1996 or 1997 so it's been a long time where that place is, has aged and it's aged well and you can run all over it i mean typically now more so of late you run up against the wall in that lane closest to the wall through the turns but you can still move around a little bit um i hope the next gen car will allow us to move around as well and and, and be pretty racy this weekend's festivities will also present a new challenge for the next gen car ricky Stin- House Jr. adapted well to the new car Sunday at Daytona before contact with the outside safer barrier eliminated him from competition with five laps to go in regulation. Stenhouse is curious to see how the next-gen car performs at Fontana. said it's been a, a long time since we've been there. And, you know, I mean, there's so many different lanes you can run. This car, uh, obviously we went 
That's sort of the Charlotte test got the lower downforce package and, and more horsepower versus you know kind of what it was set out to be. And so you know now you know going to Fontana, it's going to be kind of like the old school Fontana of you're going to have to lift. You know the the seams are going to be sketchy. The car's not going to you know want to. You know, be really into the racetrack. We're gonna, you know, wear tires out. Um, you know, so I think it's gonna be really fun, really good. Um, you know, I do think, obviously, the teams that hit it right in those 20 minutes will be really good. But um, you know, it seems like uh, you know everybody gets honed in on a package pretty quick. So we'll see. You can catch all of the action from Auto Club Speedway this weekend on the Motor Racing Network, with qualifying taking place at 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday and pre-race coverage of the Wise. Power 400 starting at 2.30 Eastern Sunday afternoon. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up this week in NASCAR history. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All right, folks, it's been a while, but Susie Armstrong has returned with this week in NASCAR history. Thanks, Mike. 1982. Peter Wolf's blood may have run cold, but the Jay Giles band was red hot with the mega hit Centerfold. Fledgling comedy talk show Late Night with David Letterman was gaining steam on NBC, and Dave Marcus turned up the wick when it counted, leading the final five circuits to win the Richmond 400 at Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway. continues to come down, although it's let up a little bit from what it was a moment ago, and down to the north end of the speedway, we do see some blue sky, so hopefully this rain will blow out of the area, and we can conclude the Richmond 400 under green. At any rate, they have red flagged the field in the back straightaway. They have called the race, and the winner is standing in the pits with Ned Jarrett. And a very smiling Dave Marcus, his first Grand National victory in several years. Dave, congratulations. Thank you very much, Ned. I know it is raining, but to me, the sun is shining. 1998, Will Smith was getting jiggy with it as the third single from his debut solo album bopped up the charts. Queen Elizabeth II put the Sir and Sir Elton John knighting the pop star at Buckingham Palace. Baywatch and Motley Crue fans get the bad news as Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee file for divorce. And Jeff Gordon fans were thrilled at The Rock as the defending champ nabbed the win in the GM Goodwrench Service Plus 400 at North Carolina. Motor Speedway. The Rainbow Chevrolet for Jeff Gordon dives down into turn three all by himself. Clear racetrack ahead for Jeff Gordon off of turn four. After falling back to farther than 30th spot early in the race, Jeff Gordon rallies to win the Good Ranch 400 at Rockingham by a second over Rusty Wallace. He told me I'm the greatest. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit. 2010, Keisha wakes up feeling like P. Diddy with the debut solo single, Tick. TikTok. 
Bigfoot. Sam Worthington transforms into a humanoid Pandorian. James Cameron's box office busting epic sci-fi flick, Avatar. And California native Jimmy Johnson drove the Hendrick Motorsports Chevy to Fontana Victory Lane for the fifth time in the Auto Club 500 at Auto Club Speedway. Sounds to the inside of the racetrack. The battle is on for second, but off the corner, checkered flag in the air, and for the fifth time, Jimmy Johnson is a winner at the Auto Club Speedway. He'll win the Auto Club 500. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Be sure to join us this Thursday for another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to NASCAR Live. You'll get all the downloads that we offer wherever you download your favorite podcast. Plus, we'll have NASCAR Live Race Day live from Auto Club Speedway this Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Our thanks to Austin Sendrick for joining us. Also, our thanks to Zane Smith and Jeremy Bullins for stopping by. I'm Mike Backley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. We'll meet you right back here next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.